Welcome to this RPGBot.Masterclass. With me is Tyler Kampstra. Hi, everybody. And Ashy Lai. You know, I've come to a realization. This is purgatory, and you're all my jailers. And once again, I've been dragged down into the pits. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, but also we have Alex Kimmer. <laughs> well, I had to come back to finish off this last recording for the box set, so... <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. oh, I can't. I can't wait to get this on vinyl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. Uh, the, behind the stay behind the the scenes, still footage. You know, it's gonna be so great, man. <laughs> Give the fans what they want. Absolutely. It's like at, at one point, Mark's microphone just fell over, but luckily one of the stage hands came out, got it up just in time to get that sweet, sweet legal commentary. Also with us is Mark Greenberg. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thrilled to be here talking about this topic for hopefully the last time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So I think everybody's figured it out. Uh, we are once again here to talk about the D and D movie. Totally. <laughs> it looks good. It know. does. <laughs> it's cool. I'm so Glass excited. Cube. Owl yeah. bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw some magic missiles. I think that's what was happening there. No, okay. I'm I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. Hopefully they were, <laughs> hopefully they were properly licensed. Proper. Yeah. yeah. Well, they managed Let's to get go. Dungeons and Dragons on the uh on the posters, so it's feeling pretty good. Uh no, okay. We're we're here to talk about the latest in the OGL saga, uh, which I think we're all optimistically thinking is a conclusion. And so ideally, this is the last episode in this series. Long live the series. Long live the series. <laughs> if we don't get a streamy award for this, I will write it. <laughs> i think we have to submit ourselves for that so if we don't it might be my fault who knows cool i can That's blame fair. you then <laughs> something that isn't your fault the ogl fiasco tyler do you want to catch us up on what's happened yeah okay so since the last episode like we on the last episode we talked about how they had just released the first draft of ogl 1.2 and there was going to be a two week long survey period where they collected feedback and then they were going to iterate on 1.2 um that didn't quite go as planned the survey was taken down i believe on day two of the two-week survey period and immediate response from wizards of the coast you guys win 1.0a is staying 1.2 is not going to happen and also uh srd 5.1 is now in the creative commons so like very very surprising mm-hmm. um i i don't think anybody saw this coming it was big so so we've brought alex and mark back yet again to talk about the implications here um we're gonna hit a couple of things including like what is the creative commons license that wizards chose to use for this and what are the implications there yeah the news is exciting it's a brave new world let's get into it yeah the the world oddly feels a little bit like the old world but then also slightly different i guess alex and mark i want to look to you first like what are your big takeaways from what we're seeing here Oh, I'll go first, I guess, and I'll be real brief. And that is uh, just a, w- what you hinted at and stated, Tyler, just a stunning reversal over such a short period of time uh, for a corporate entity to take these lurching steps, seeming in different directions and without really any s- seeming organized plan as to where they're going and why. And then all of a sudden say, screw it, we're done. Let's just go back, you know, status quo antebellum. <laughs> And uh, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't, I, I don't practice consumer law, uh, but I certainly am a consumer. I don't remember a reversal like this uh, ever in in any in any sort of uh, 
uh, corporate setting. So that's that's my off the cuff, non legal. What the hell just happened? Reaction. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to echo exactly what what Alex just said. I mean, I used to represent nothing but enormous corporations. You know, many of which would make Hasbro look small, to be honest. And they don't move like this. Uh, they don't. They don't admit they were wrong like this. They don't change direction like this. This is a really unusual, if not unique, event that I can think of in the corporate world. And um, you know, the only thing I can assume is that at some point, finally, the adults entered the room and said, "What the heck are we doing? Um, we're pissing off our customers." And there's no evident economic reason to have done this. Uh, what do we do to fix it? And you know what they ended up doing was something that, you know, you know in addition to leaving 1.0a alone, although they they didn't quite come out yet and say it's going to be irrevocable, which I would like to hear. Uh, but then they did something that nobody was expecting, which was to throw the entire 5.1 SRD, the the system reference document for fifth edition. Under Creative Commons, which I, I, you know, was just an incredible um, turn of events. The other takeaway that I have uh, from this, and I'm, it's probably shared by many of you, is that given the rapidity of weird events, um, this at least seems to me that this was not a true corporate plan. Meaning that Hasbro said, "Here, Wizards of the Coast, here's what thou shalt do." And here's why. And then Wizards enacted this plan. This seems like this was sort of an ad hoc plan that was spun up by someone um, in the in the company. I, from my my read of the situation, from what I'm being told, sort of in the middle somewhere. Uh, and uh, when it when it became got, got so ugly and so bad so fast, uh, that's why I think the fire was quickly put out because this really truly wasn't a corporate plan in the way that we sort of think of, you know, like Nabisco or or Coca Cola or someone acting. You know, that's not this was this was not that, uh, and that's why I, I believe it got turned over and turned around so quickly. Yeah, I, I can definitely imagine the relief if you're a creative at Watsi, like hearing the news, whether you heard it externally for the first time or whether you heard internally that like, oh. We're keeping 1.0a. We're adding content to Creative Commons, which is actually going to make it more generally available. Like, you know, going from the angst of like, what am I doing? Why am I here? To knowing everything's going to be okay. I guess for that matter, like across the community, folks have to be breathing a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, I mean, having talked to a couple of people, um, you know, in 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 you know, third party publishers, there was a lot of fear, and, and people were under a huge amount of stress and concern about the future. And this is really it, it, the relief is 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 remarkable um, throughout the whole the whole community that that does this type of uh, of of work that had historically been in reliance on on the OGL. And, and I can tell you, you guys and anyone out there listening, that the you know my my friends who are on the the D and D team, the design team, this was a really difficult stretch for them. Uh, they had no control over what was going on. They were they were sharing very uh, personal sentiments with me about how stressful this was, and this was tremendous a source of tremendous relief for them when this got tipped over and they get back to what they actually do instead of endlessly answering questions that they have no greater insight than really anyone else does as to why this is happening and what's coming next. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's just worth repeating what you just said. The people who actually create the content that we love, like the, you know, the people whose content we bonded with, 
hated this as much as anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess my takeaway, like I, I want to enumerate what we have here, right? 1.0a is here to stay for a bit, and I guess I'll get to that. Two, we have the created commons. Three, and I think this is actually a benefit that we've learned. I would still argue that there are folks at Watsi who believe 1.0a is revocable. Yeah, and that like having that information feels pretty important. Like yeah. I, 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 yeah, exactly. I think it's important. It, I think it still puts the pressure. It's still like, well, oh, you know, this is fixed. We don't need Orc anymore, right? All these folks who are trying to put that put together the Orc license, I would argue, no. Like the the time pressure, like this is no longer urgent, but it is important. And I think as a community, we should still be encouraging this. We should still be letting folks vote no as fans. We're excited to get behind this as it comes. Yeah, so I think I think it's important to sort of look at. Um, you know, where 1.0a is still relevant, uh, because by re- releasing the whole system reference document under the Creative Commons, we can talk about what that means. 1.0a is no longer relevant really at all if you, if you as a creator want to use what had previously been 1.0a for 5th edition compatible or 5th edition related material. You can just rely now upon the Creative Commons. So 1.0a is really relevant for two reasons. One is for the prior system reference documents, uh, the D20 system reference document, for example, that is not yet under Creative Commons. Now, Watsi did indicate in one of their prior announcements they were looking at putting some more material under Creative Commons, which may include that. Um, So and frankly, you might even be able to reverse engineer uh, a lot of 3.5, D20, and even sort of the old school Renaissance type, you know, uh, knockoffs of earlier versions actually from 5th edition. So you might still be able to make it work, but it'd be nice to see them address that issue. The other thing that the OGL does that Creative Commons doesn't is create an increasing pool of available open game content. When you published under 1.0a, not only were you able to use anything that, you know, in anything in, in, in the, the SRD 5.1, you could also use anything that anybody else had ever designated as open game content under that license. That's not available under the Creative Commons unless those you know, creators of that material now go through the effort of making it available either through Creative Commons or through some other 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 license. Um, I don't know how critical that is for most organizations. You know, usually if 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 you're using other open game content, it may probably be in your third party publisher probably came from your own earlier material, which you obviously already have the license to. It's only going to be relevant, for example, if 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 uh, if Frog God wants to publish something in reliance upon some of the open game content that Cobalt Press created, but you know what? They can call each other up and make it work too. So so there are there are solutions, but that's why 1.0a is still relevant in the market. And I would hope that at some point we will get a confirmation from Wizards, and they can do it a number of ways that I think would work legally. Uh, that that they're going to consider 1.0a irrevocable. Or they should just put everything under open game content or open um, under the Creative Commons. Yeah, um, I mean that's a that's a very solid point, and it's something that I think does need to be addressed. Um, so while I think 
as long as we're sharing opinions, well, I think this news is definitely something to celebrate. I, it is by no means a reason to be complacent. Um, like I, I, I do want to say, I don't want to discredit Watsi. This was a, a credible turnaround and uh, was more than we expected. But the fact of the matter is, is that Watsi pushed all of their fan base and the third party creators to the cliff's edge and was about to pull the trigger and then chickened out at the last moment. But they still did it. And they were still willing to get to that point. So this can't just be forgive and forget. Because otherwise we haven't learned anything. And Watsi will have no reason to learn anything. They've solved a crisis and we can just move on. But I would encourage people to, again, not be complacent when it comes to Watsi. Because at least for me, and I can only speak for me, the trust has been damaged somewhat. I, I want to give like a maybe a different and maybe maybe it's a naive take, right? But I the right the old adage, right? Never can, never attribute to malice what could be explained by stupidity, uh, and I don't mean that so harshly. But right, this feels just like it was a bunch of disconnected corporate action, and I feel like we've heard hints of that. Um, you know, from from talking to folks, we've heard hints of that from kind of even what you see publicly. You know, I, I almost wonder if if this made sense to somebody you know, somewhere sitting, sitting and licensing, it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great for us. And it's gonna allow us to protect our IP. And it's going to be this beautiful thing. When, uh, in, in reality, like the creatives could have told you, well, this also devastates the third party publishing market. And we like these people, these are our friends and peers, and it's not going to help as much as you think it is. You know, it, it almost feels like we've gone from point to point, you know, that the, the beginning place we started, it felt, um, greedy. It felt limiting. And I think pretty quickly, it, it feels to me like Watsi understood what their fan base really believes in, what their fan base values. And so from that perspective, I'm hoping if anybody has learned a lesson that's going to last, it's not us, it's Watsi. Uh, and that's a fair point, but incompetence is not an excuse. Incompetence won't get you not sued in malpractice or like <laughs> law. Uh, and you guys, get, uh, Alex and Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you can sue a lawyer or a doctor for incompetence. So, I mean, is stupidity? Yeah, sure. Maybe that makes it a little bit less bad than just pure malice, but it's still something to keep in mind. Well, but if, if I guess if we give them that, then it then becomes what is the likelihood that in two months we're all going to come down there and be like, one point three. You know, that doesn't feel very likely, I guess. Sure. But they could do something else stupid. One point four. We still don't know what they're going to do license wise for one D&D. It's entirely possible one D&D could be published and have a new open gaming license that could be more restrictive. So like all of our 5e products and stuff could all be perfectly safe. But if people want to touch one D&D, they might have to use something similar to OGL 1.2. And until we get some until we get clear, explicit, like this is happening right this second, we won't know. And they can they can hint at it and they can tell us that there might be an SRD and there might be it might be under the same OGL. But, yeah, we we should wait until things actually happen in this in this space before we consider them, you know, truth. And, and Alex, I feel like you've made this point several times. We might be waiting years to find out what's actually going to happen here. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, that's really the most interesting question is, uh, a, the postmortem on all this and 
figuring out really what this was about, like really what it was about. Clearly it wasn't royalties, you know, uh, <laughs> clearly it wasn't, at least in my opinion, clearly it wasn't, you know, trying to prevent people from writing naughty games. Um, it was, that was, uh, that, that seemed like that, I think very much was a smokescreen. So what, what were they truly, what was whoever cooked this up or whatever cabal of people at Watsi did uh, cook this up? What were they trying to do? Uh, was it some sort of, um, you know, in their, in their eyes, maybe a subtle effort to close the door on 5e to try to enhance the, 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 the coming of one D and D. I don't know. Uh, it's, but it, but it was so, it, it just, and this is what I, you know, I talked to a bunch of third party publishers and the, the, the refrain was, well, what are they trying to accomplish? What are, what is Watsi trying to accomplish? Because then we could come up with a plan of action. You know, we could, we could figure out how to respond. Uh, and that was never clear. And that, again, that's why I keep using, you know, as I say lurch, because it was lurch from one thing to the other with uh, these different iterations of uh, the, the, the changes. And so um, that's that's what I want to hear um, is uh, sometime these are these are a bunch of people. These are all humans. Uh, there, there will be there will be a reckoning of some sort that comes out of this. Someone's going to talk about it. Um, and uh, then we also are, you know, rolling towards the 50th anniversary of D and D, one D and D coming. Uh, you know, these are some big events coming. Uh, so uh, I, I, I don't think these things are unrelated. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Alex agree 120. Um, percent I think it's important to remember that um, we say Watsi did this or Watsi does that or Watsi thinks this. Corporations aren't like that. Big corporations aren't like that. They they have factions. You know, anybody who's worked inside one knows that, you know, politics are brutal inside of, of most large corporations. And there were clearly different factions with different levels of power who had different perspectives on the value and uh, purposes of the OGL. And it is clear at the moment which faction has won that argument uh will that remain that way who knows um you know i would hope that a lesson has been learned by the most senior management and, and again usually senior management provides big picture direction and then if they're good they give a lot of authority to their subordinates and in this case that authority was used in a way that hurt this industry and hopefully the, a lesson will have been learned by senior management and they will approach the next events differently. They certainly have a number of things coming up, you know, from one D and D from the movie, you know, from the 50th anniversary that, you know, we're going to give them opportunities to just basically try to redefine who they are for the community. And we will have to wait and see what happens. But um, I am hopeful that a lesson has been learned. Well, I hope you're right. And I think, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you, Ash. The, uh, the, what I've heard is the, uh, uh, the, um, that Cynthia Williams, who's a relatively recent hire or a ascension into wizards and, and Dan Rawson, who is the actual, uh, vice president in charge of D and D. He's only been on for, I don't know, six weeks or something like that. Um, the, that, so I think this stuff, uh, the genesis of it was somewhere underneath, somewhere below that level, at least, because it seems like once these those those folks got involved, um, that's why this turned so quickly. Um, so I guess that to speak to Mark's point, I think, you know, did senior management 
did they get the memo on this? I think they did. Um, and it seems unlikely to me, unless there's going to be a you know a major leadership change, that we're going to see a redux of this anytime soon. Um, especially, again, given I, th- I hope they have appreciated how fragile the brand is. And I don't think they knew, had that appreciation before. Uh, they certainly do now. Uh, I hope. And uh, with with things like real stakes, you know, a new edition of D&D, a movie, you know, all this kind of stuff you got, you just cannot have another iceberg like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking about getting that message loud and clear. So in the survey, like one of the statistics that popped out at us, uh, 88% reported being opposed to deauthorizing 1.0a. So nine out of every 10 people who filled this out made it clear they did not want to deauthorize 1.0a. And uh, 12 out of every 100 people who took that survey uh, accidentally clicked wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think that, um, I do think you guys are right in that uh, a le- uh, Watsi might learn a lesson from this, which is, I think that it, a lot of this may have come fr- uh, from hubris. Like, I think for a, uh, D&D had reached such uh, ubiquity, especially in the tabletop gaming sphere, and especially with the movie and like, all of the success that D&D was going through just kind of felt like the brand was untouchable. It was not really something that could be rattled. And maybe we'll get a few people upset, but it's not going to rock the foundations. And they just got a rude awakening about how fragile their throne is. And I think that that can be a humbling experience. And I hope that that is the main lesson that they learned from. So I want to take us to something slightly different here. I want to talk about the Creative Commons and the 5.1 SRD being in the Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. So it's the Creative Commons 4.0 by attribution. Um, Alex, Mark, I think you talked a little bit about it, but could you say a little bit more? Like, how does this license work? How should we think of this? Sure. Um, I'll take a crack at it, and then Alex can correct me where I go wrong. <laughs> um, the uh, Creative Commons is a nonprofit organization. And they do a lot of things, but among them, they publish, I believe it's six Creative Commons licenses. And they're designed to enable people who have copyrighted material, make them available to a wider public. And there's there's different um, things that apply, different provisions that apply, depending upon which one of these licenses you pick. And so the one that they picked is the International uh, Attribution 4.0 International. So a couple of things are important. They have non-commercial licenses. This is a commercial license or non-commercial. You can use it for both. I've seen some people think it was different. There's also something called a share-alike uh, license that Creative Commons uh, has, where basically whatever you're given for free means whatever you create with that also has to be given for free. Again, that's not this license. So a business can use this license and create content that they can then sell for money, which obviously is important to the third-party publishing community. Um, a number of things. It is royalty free. It is worldwide. Um, it is uh, irrevocable. All these words that we wanted to hear uh, that we were not really hearing from, or at least not definitively hearing from uh, 1.0a. And so Perpetual. these are, um, you know, I think because it's irrevocable, I think by definition it's perpetual. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So, so, so now it can terminate. Uh, 
but it only terminates if you violate a provision, and there are very few provisions under here that you can violate as a um, as a licensee. Um, and you get a cure period even if you do violate it, where you can get reinstated. So it's it's kind of hard to screw this one up, fortunately. Um, and what it does is it literally does provide anybody who wants to use it with whatever the intellectual property is for copyright purposes only. This is important to remember. This doesn't give you trademarks or trade names or patents or any other form of intellectual property. It's just copyright and copyright adjacent types of intellectual property that you can then use. And so what that means is, is that since they have put the entire 5.1 SRD under Creative Commons, all of the language that they put into the 5.1 SRD, which includes the races, the classes, the mechanics, the uh, magical spells, magical items, and the and the monsters to the extent included in the 5.1 SRD are all part of what anybody can now use pretty much freely. The only obligation you have is because of that little word attribution that we've said a couple times. You have to provide a certain magical bit of language for attribution uh, that basically says that this came from Wizards of the Coast and uh, that it's subject to this license. There is language, if you look at what they what they published, that Wizards has said, you know, we'd ask you to use this language. Um, you don't have to use it, but then you got to go back to the Creative Commons license and figure, it out, figure out what you can say differently and satisfy it. So frankly, you're just better off copying the language from Wizards that they gave you. And at that point, you're pretty much free and clear to use whatever's in the 5.1 SRD. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So I want to ask a clarifying question here. If we look at the 5.1 SRD, you know, we see the word Beholder. We see the words Mind Flayer, Strahd, uh, Greyhawk is there. What can I do with, let's say, a Beholder now that I couldn't do two weeks ago? And what's still off limits likely? Uh, oh, we haven't done this yet. Uh, these folks have legal training. Uh, practicing or one practicing lawyer, the other not. This is not legal advice. What I asked was just a couple friends having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. If, if you actually want to use this, uh, go, go, go talk to a lawyer who you're, you're in, who you've engaged for, for legal advice. So no, this is not legal advice. That is a good reminder, Randall. Thank you. Um, so it's not clear whether or not things moved so fast. Did Wizards know that those words were in the 5.1 SRD? They were very careful in the OGL, although they were in the SRD, they carved them out using the term product identity in the OGL. There is no concept of product identity in the Creative Commons. So it has opened up those terms. Um, 
at least as far as copyright goes. Now, it's important, while it refers to the beholder and the mind flare and the slod and strad, um, it doesn't provide anything else about them. So there is a question as to whether or not you could, for example, go pull the mind flayer stats out of the monster manual and just copy that. Um, there's a probably a good argument you can't do that because that's not in the 5.1 SRD. And the only thing that's in there is are the words mind flayer. Um, now, I did a quick check earlier today. As far as I can tell, there are no trademarks. Uh, that Wizards has filed on Beholder or Mind Flayer or Slod um, or Strahd, um, although I do believe they may have a trademark on Greyhawk. So that may be a limitation on the, on, on the use of that. Um, so could you use those those terms? I think right now probably the better answer of that is, yes, you can use it, but what you're using it for better be your creation something that you're comfortable with um, and your lawyer is comfortable with is not otherwise <laughs> affecting or, or, or infringing upon Wizards' um, uh, intellectual property regarding those monsters. That being said, we know that many other systems and many other games have created things that effectively are mind flayers or beholders and given them different names and don't match the exact stats and powers that are, you know, what you would find in the monster manual. So if you've already gotten comfortable that you've got something out there that is sort of kind of like a mind flayer or kind of like a slot or kind of like a, um, a, uh, beholder and, but its stats are different. Um, at this point, I think there's a pretty good argument that you could use, that name uh, again not legal advice talk to your lawyer but i think there's a pretty good <laughs> argument that you can use that name now and and not be in in so much trouble i would note as a, as a side note um while i don't know that wizards intended this i also think that in the big scheme of things this doesn't really hurt them economically anybody it, 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 anyway if you could have created an eye monster that looked like a beholder in your adventure, and now you can rename it Beholder, which you couldn't before. Is that taking a penny's worth of money out of out of Wizard's pocket? No, it's not. So you know, you know, what they may not have intended it, but I got to believe that once they realized it, they were like, eh, "We just gave another gift to the community." Yeah, and good news. I, I guess one other thing I want to ask about briefly is uh, ecology. So stats are stats almost feel easy. I can tweak the stats a little bit and say, "Look, obviously it's different." Um, I, I almost certainly couldn't describe the canon ecology of a mind flayer and, and claim that I'm within my rights to do that. Yeah. If I could chip on that, I think that, uh, even you'd have a pretty good argument, just copying the stats verbatim. I think that's uh, that's an open discussion of whether or not raw monster statistics are copyrightable in the first place. So leaving aside whether or not that, invoking the name in creative commons therefore ports the stats over there's the other the underlying legal realities there when it comes to copyright law but i think you're absolutely right randall when you talk about narrative descriptions of any creature uh that's not the srd that's i think almost i don't think anyone maybe there's someone out there i shouldn't say that that would probably tell you you could go ahead and copy that but i certainly i wouldn't and i don't think uh, most lawyers would no that makes good sense you're 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 far better off um 
using your own creativity and coming up with with your own narrative story about what that creature is and does and came from. Okay, that, yeah, that makes good sense. I'll make the analogy for a recipe. Ingredients are not copyrightable, right? I can't say, oh, well, these are the particular ingredients and I have to protect that. You might be able to trademark this, right? And protect the protect your content this way. Is that correct? Patent, maybe. Patent, ah, that would make sense. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that, that would make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? But, but I couldn't publish it, but claim some copyright. No, people could steal the ingredients all day long. But what I couldn't do is steal the recipe. And it feels like in this case, the ecology is pretty analogous to that. So I, I brought this up earlier. I do want to ask the question, does it feel like there's as much steam behind the ORC license project? Well, I uh, we, we've... Mark and I have been uh, kind of riding herd on it from uh, a little bit of a distance and uh, can tell you that this all has happened while the main counsel involved, uh, Brian Lewis, who was hired by Pezo and uh, Kobold and who is the sort of point person on this this project, has been on vacation. So um, <laughs> everything has just been kind of drifting for a little bit. I think that uh, by at least I believe I saw something uh, official from Hazo saying that they that they want at least want to go forward with it, and I I think they should, and I think that that makes sense given especially with their their history and their relationship with wizards anyway um, that uh, that that's going to go forward. But you know, as far as losing steam or not, I don't know. I don't really have a feeling one way or another for that. I think uh, it. Uh, I think most people, though, as you know, Ash pointed out earlier, that it's there's still good reason to do so. Um, and I'm certainly still interested just from uh, the, 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 the process of creating a true uh, open uh, license that is truly irrevocable and forever and perpetual and all those good adjectives that we want. Um, there's a value to that for sure. Yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, Paizo is publicly announced. And I think Eric Moan and others have, have made the point on social media that, that they, they are still full steam ahead on the ORC license. It is important to remember the distinction between the license, of course, and the underlying intellectual property that is subject to the license. The license is just a means for giving other people the right to use something. And that something is utterly independent of the license. OGL provided um, a combination of the SRDs that Wizards published and then all the other open game content that was ever created by anybody under the the OGL. The Creative Commons provides, you know, as close to a bulletproof license as you can, but only for whatever somebody releases under that Creative Commons license. Um, so I guess the question is, and it remains to be seen, I mean, there, there are no drafts yet of, of, of the ORC license, at least not that I'm aware of. I'm sure that there probably are some that are um, in internal discussion, at least at Azura Law at this point. Um, you know, are they going to try to come up with something that mimics the open game content concept where you have an ever-increasing volume of material that is is subject to the license? Or is it just effectively another version of the Creative Commons? In which case, maybe there's less reason to to go forward on that basis. So I think there's a lot there's a lot of discussion that needs to be had about, you know. You know, how are they going to structure that license? What is its purpose? And, and, and how, what are they going to build around it that you can't just get through a Creative Commons license, for example? Uh, I think the other aspect, though, is, is what about the substance under the license? And what are those, the people who are working on that, what are they going to do? Will, will Chaosium put their 
effectively equivalent of the system reference document uh, under this new license, or will they continue to use the license they've they've used in the past? Um, you know, uh, Cobalt Press's project Black Flag. You know, what mechanism will they elect to use? Will they use the ORC license? Will they use Creative Commons? Um, there's a lot of questions as to how all of this will work. But but I, I do think it, it. You know, the point is is that now that sort of this this discussion is going on. We need to keep talking about it. We need to figure out what the best process is going forward as an industry. And the answer may be it's going to depend. You know, it may depend upon which companies we're talking about, which game systems we're talking about, which publishers we're talking about. We may end up with, you know, a uh, a menu of options that people may may have in front of them now. I guess one question, I'm wondering if you know the answer to this. One nice thing with OGL 1.0a is the ability to say, you know, all the content in this book is considered open gaming content, except these pieces of content, which are product identity. Uh, and so when I publish a book, you know, I can, I can write it as a creator, not worry about the licensing bit. And then once I'm finished, I can go back and look and say, you know what, for what I want to do in the future, the IP I would like to protect are, you know, these monsters, these spells, and this one particular part of a setting. That's a nice freedom that I would hope hope the orc carries forward. And I, I wonder with Creative Commons, it feels to me like it would be a little bit more difficult to handle that, you know, what what goes where without having, you know, a different manuscript or having a ton of language saying like, you know, all of these things released under Creative Commons. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't fit quite as well under the Creative Commons. Listen, you can do it. I mean, I mean, it, it can be done. Uh, there's no question about that. And um, because for the Creative Commons license, you only have to publish that one attribution paragraph, if you decide to start trying to pick and choose as to what's released and what isn't in a given book, you can start specifying that right after that. You can say, you know, I also release under Creative Commons, you know, the following parts of this book, except for this, this, and this. Uh, it gets a little harder to track, maybe, and it's not quite as 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 natural of a mechanism. But you can do it, and I I did hear at least one person make make the comment that you know, you, you you could do that for quite a while and still not have anywhere near as many words as you currently have to publish if you're including the whole OGL as an appendix to your to your book. But yeah, it, I think it's, I may have been that person. You, you may have been. <laughs> I've forgotten. But uh but yeah, I mean it's so so it, it remains to be seen. Uh but you could do it. Uh but the Orc license might might be a more effective way to do the exact same thing and and, and be a little cleaner. To draw kind of a comparison to software licensing because you know, OGL 1.0a drew inspiration from open source software, from what I understand. A lot of software that is open source uses an open source license, which requires attribution. So your software will very frequently have some file hidden somewhere that's the list of attributions. And for like like a JavaScript package where you're running hundreds of open source packages underneath it, it's it's pages and pages and pages of basically copy paste the MIT license with the name of the package in it. Um, So it's possible that we get to a point where the creative commons products are like, it it starts with the SRD from wizards and then all of the other products. And that list can grow and grow and grow over time. 
but it's also entirely possible that people never need anything beyond the SRD or beyond their own products. So yeah, like the, the growing lengthy list of licenses may never become a problem. So from a, from a creator's perspective, um, Alex and Mark, like which, let's see, say you're a creator, say you have a book that's coming (laughs) out very soon. I don't know anyone in that situation. Um, Given the choice between OGL 1.0a in today's world, knowing what we know now, and you know the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0, or just going without a license or waiting for the Orc license, like what? What do you guys think is like the best default answer for creators right now? Ooh, well, um, I'm going to invoke the Greenberg. It depends. Um, <laughs> uh, so I can speak to for for myself, uh, and with a book coming this year, uh, and uh, that that's a temporal uh, constraint that is relevant. Uh, while the OGL uh, is is in theory, you know, wizards could attempt to revoke it or deauthorize it again. That's not. I think everyone agrees that's not happening anytime soon. Um, I'm leaning towards for a publication of my book, uh, you know, uh, advocating for uh, publishing under uh, 1.0a uh, for that reason. Uh, that I think we know how to do that. Um, I, we know how to, to uh, expressly retain uh, pieces of uh, product identity and intellectual property, uh, and it's easy. You know, going forward, that's a completely different question. I think each publisher is going to have to evaluate that uh, and uh, uh, and choose a choose a path and, and follow it. I don't I don't think you're going to see publishers doing some of each. That would be that would be strange. Uh, but it, this I guess is possible. But that's my for my book. Uh, that's my my inclination. But of course, that's the publisher's call. And so Frog God can say, no, no, we've uh, discussed this with Council, uh, and uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, and that's what they do. But uh, that's that's if if they're interested in hearing my two cents, my uh, you know fifty five percent feeling on it is uh, OGL at this point. Awesome. All right, I think we've covered it, and uh, thus ends the OGL one point oh eight saga. For now, we'll be back probably. But it's going to be a different saga then. It'll be the next trilogy. Uh, Alex and Mark, thank you so much for being with us through all of this. We have enjoyed it tremendously. I know our audience has also enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, So, you know, for them and from all of us, we really thank you for being here. Thank you for having us again. I'm just glad this hopefully will be the last time we have to talk about this topic. Games next time. Yeah. Yes. We watch at the end of next week. They go. Just kidding. No. 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 <laughs> Don't you take that out of the world. Don't put that evil on us. Dan, cut that. <laughs> cut it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, folks. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on RPGBot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. We did it. Yay. We did it. <laughs> we killed it. Uh, all right. So next time, the end of all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, actually. <laughs> the end of everything. Yeah, I would say the end of everything. Okay, good, good. I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, hang on. Let's see if I all can... includes everything, I think. I, for some reason, I had it written down as the end of all. Shame on me. Mm, that's right. I, uh. I just got some uh, cover perspective cover art just now, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, awesome! I'll, yeah, maybe I can see if I'm smart enough to do this. Hang on, you, yeah. Just talk amongst yourselves about something fun, and I'll uh, be right back. Hang on, okay. See if I can do this. I'll, I'll attach the email. 
Honestly, though. Who's Dan Rouse? He's the VP kid. Nice. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I. that's pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that makes sense in a lot of ways. All right, well. <laughs> yeah.